Big Mama Hex, Dr. Michelle Warner is here with us this morning. And welcome. Welcome. This is Schäfer Dorsalz. Wonderful to be here. Oh, girl, thank. I know I do okay, but not too good. <laughs> so I just want to take take a moment to thank you for doing this in English. I know um, your first language is German, and this may be a bit of a stretch for you. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this for us. Um, for my audience, I'd like to introduce Dr. Werner. Um, he is a friend across the pond, as they say, um, over in Germany in the Palatinate. He lives in Oberam, yes? Correct. Yes, and he has been, for me personally, in my journey, um, very instrumental in helping me connect all the dots for myself um, between my Pennsylvania Dutch or Pennsylvania Dutch or Pennsylvania German um, heritage and lineage and connecting that over to my um, brothers and sisters in Germany. So I'm very happy to have you. You were one of the first people that I thought of for this and for the book because you have been so, so giving and so charitable with your knowledge and your time and your support for me personally and also for other people in our community. Um, so you have a, a great reach. So um, you have a lot of influence over here in Pennsylvania and we've had the, um, the honor of meeting you several times as you've made your trips to Pennsylvania, I think every four years, right? Is it every four right. years? Yeah. No, every, 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 no, no, every other year. Oh, every other year, you're very yeah. good. Yeah, I'm losing Usually. track. Because, I'm yeah, I'm losing track because COVID has me quite unhinged at the moment. Um, but um, good to see that you're doing well, and I take it your family's doing well too. So we're we're happy to see that. Um, but I want to get started by saying to you how much you have meant to me um, as a friend and a brother in um a brooder in Germany. And thank you for all your kindness and all of your support. It has meant a lot to me and continued to encourage me to keep going when sometimes I got more support over there than I did here. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, and Michelle has also really influenced um, some of the motifs that I've worked on too, such as the albatrich and some 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 of the hex signs and um, giving me some influence from over there in Germany. So thank you and welcome. So to get started, I would like to talk about how we met, which I kind of went over a little bit there. Um, you became visible to us, my husband and I, when we, when we got more involved in the Pennsylvania German Heritage Center because of the publication Hiva Vidriva. Did I say that right? That's correct. And the, the, the English meaning is over here um, as over there. And if you think uh, this guy is really sounding crazy, I can tell you that's the way your ancestors used to speak when they first learned English. So the uh, heavy German accent, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the way they spoke. Yeah, that's they, really they cool. They spoke 150 years, 150 years ago when they first uh, came to your country and uh, started a new, a new life. And uh, yes, it's correct. I'm working to, I was working together with uh, Professor uh, C. Richard Beam in, in Millersville, Lancaster County, yeah. um, since 19, 1993, I guess, uh, when I first came uh, to the US to finish my PhD studies. And he introduced me to uh, the Amish community uh, and the Mennonite community in Lancaster County. 
And when he got older and older, my, my focus shifted away from Lancaster County to, to Berks County. Mm. And uh, that was the time when um, David Belushka was uh, still uh, director of the Heritage Center. And we started our first projects uh, when he was director. And then we had um, Rob Reynolds for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then um, um, Patrick Dunmoyer stopped, stepped in. And he was, uh, from the very start, um, it was a special relationship from, from the very start because he was able to speak the dialect and we share yeah. we share the same uh, interests, of course. And all of us, we share the same heritage. Yeah, indeed, we do, yeah. And he's just, he's poppy. um, pulsating with energy too. He has so much energy and spirit to do this work and continue the evolution of our culture and promote the culture and and especially the relationship between us and the Germans. And I think that's very, very, very cool. Um, And and also- And he he, uh, accepted to to work together with uh, the newspaper, Hibibit River. And um, meanwhile, he has become the main editor of the newspaper, which I think is a, a wonderful solution because it was started here um, in the Palatinate in, in Germany in 1997. And uh, so we are celebrating uh, our 25th anniversary. Oh, very in, cool. In next year. <laughs> oh, very nice. So, and uh, so we do that together for at least seven years now and it's it's, yeah. it's 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 wonderful to have this cooperation yeah it's, it it seems like a wonderful relationship and i've really enjoyed it i get my copy and i love to look through it now of course i don't i speak a little bit of Deutsch and i read a lot less but um i find it actually really helpful because as i've practiced um, and as I read through it, I get to know more and more words, which is really exciting. And what happened, which was really exciting, um, during one of the Pennsylvania German Cultural Heritage Center virtual events, is that during the interview, I was very much following along with what they were talking about, though I can't necessarily speak it. I'm starting to really understand it, which is very exciting for me um, mm-hmm. because it's so close to my heart. So. Well, the big issue is always uh, spelling, as you know. Yeah. Yes, which I way do. it should, <laughs> which which system should we use? An English-based system, uh, which they prefer in Lancaster County or Ohio, or a German-based yeah. um, spelling, right. which 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 we prefer, of course, because it's a German language and it makes it easier for readers here in the Palatinate in Germany to see how similar both dialects are. So I was raised in, in Frankenthal, that's uh, in the Palatinate in the area of Mannheim and Heidelberg. And um, we have Mannheim in Lancaster County, we have yes. several, Heidel- several Heidelbergs all over the place. <laughs> and, sure. uh, a researcher found out that Pennsylvania Dutch is very similar to the dialect which spoken in my area, just 50 miles away, 50 miles uh, in a, a circle where I live. That's the, wow. the clo- closest you can come in Germany uh, to, to Pennsylvania Dutch. So it was very, wow. very easy for me to, to learn Pennsylvania German since about 80% of the words are, are the same. That's incredible. That, that is it, so neat. Yeah, and of course, we have a couple of English words. We have a lot of French words. 
since we are living close to the French border, we have yeah. Yiddish words that you don't that you don't have in in the dialect, but um, it's very easy to communicate. And uh, what I do, I invite uh, people from Pennsylvania every year to to come to the Palatinate and perform. We had um, Para Richard Miller, um, Mike Herzog, and Linda Herzog. Oh, they're um, great. <laughs> Patrick Patrick Don Moyer. Um, who else? Chris LaRose. Chris LaRose, La Ben Radar, right? Ben Radar, Keith Brainsenhoff. Yes. Oh, and Keith. so we do, and we do, so we do a tour. We uh, mm -hmm. have three, four, five events. Uh, they perform and get in contact with the people. And so the people in the Palatinate get to know uh, the Pennsylvania Germans and they think, how can that be? How can we communicate? Yeah. yeah. After, after 300 years of separation, it's, it's incredible. That must be such an, a neat and an amazing, moving feeling for both sides. Yeah. A feeling of almost having a twin that you were separated from at birth and then coming back together. That must be how it feels. I know I'm doing a lot of studying of the land and mm -hmm. land drawing you in. And, and this is something that is very fascinating to me because, you know, my, my ancestors that are Pennsylvania Dutch have been here for a very long time. And I never really felt connected to Germany really too much until learning more about what you do and the message and, and, and it's so powerful, the connectedness, though we are very far apart. It's very, for, very, very neat. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, for, for a German, it's, it's very special to have, um, to, 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 to travel to an area where you can speak the same language. Yeah. As an American, you can you can speak English all over the place. You can yeah. you can speak English in, in in Germany. Eighty percent of the people here speak English to a certain wow. extent. So you have no no problems getting getting around and finding your way. But as a German, we don't have this um, colonial heritage that the British had. Uh, right. So there's there's no place where we can go and speak German. There's one exception, Namibia in Africa. This mm -hmm. is or several places in Brazil or in Russia. Where, oh, wow. um, where our people emigrated, but it was wasn't possible to, to, to go to the U.S. But uh, it's it's very special to find uh, a small spot in the world yeah. where, you, where, where you can speak not only German but but your own home dialect. That is so <laughs> and that, wild. And that makes it so unique. Yeah, and um, have the have the folks from Mast have they come and visited? Um, at Masthoff Press, I know that they no. um no well, yeah they're Swiss. But they have when well, they have visited, I guess. But it's a it's a different approach. When, when sure, they sure. come, uh, they they do a bus tour with um yes. uh, Mennonite with Mennonites and Amish people, and they yeah. usually um, drive down the Rhine Valley, and they want to end up in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Left. So yes. and there is one one research center in the Palatinate the Bayerhof Research Center. And they stop there and, and make a visit because that is an area in the Palatinate where we still have a couple of uh, Mennonites living, let's say wow. two or 3,000 maybe. And my archive, my, my archive went to Bayerhof to the research center. So when they come uh, and they visit the library, so they um, also visit my, my archive there. Oh, that's so cool. What an amazing body of work too to have I mean, it must feel so, so, so incredibly special as well to see 
all of your efforts come into fruition into the film Hiva Vidriva, which was a humongous success. Congratulations. Yeah, that was so such a wild ride and so exciting to see our friends, Doug, and yourself and so many familiar faces be highlighted in this film that was kind of a hit in Germany. Am I correct? It was kind of a big deal. Yeah, two film, two young filmmakers, uh, yes. Christian, Christian Schäger and Benjamin Wagner, they, uh, they called me sometime and they said, well, we have seen your, um, your newspaper and we read something on the internet. Uh, do you think there's a chance to, to do a movie about that? Uh, and they, they were looking for a person, um, the main person, a main character who would be able to communicate on both sides of the Atlantic. And I said, yes. there's, only, there's only one guy who can do that. <laughs> There's only one, the one and only, right? We love yeah. him so much. <laughs> that because would be Doug Maidenford, my friends. Doug Maidenford. You not only have to know high German, you have to know yes. our culture. You have to right. know our culture also. Yeah. yeah. And he's a, high, he's a high school teacher and he teaches German. And they have a sister school in uh, the Heidelberg area. So wow. he, he, know, he knows Germans very well. That was, he knows his uh, stuff, yeah. That was crucial. Yeah, for sure. That's incredible. Yeah. And he did such a great job. He's such a natural entertainer. You know, we love Doug so much. And, and, and we and we <laughs> ranked num we we ranked number uh, thirty-seven in the national uh, movie list. Wow, <laughs> this, that's incredible. <laughs> with this small with this small movie uh, wow. which which ran all only in uh, twenty cinemas or some theaters. Right, right. Yeah? That's so cool. I mean, we're generally speaking, were Germans like fascinated? Were they shocked? Um, what was the general feedback that you would get about the film? Were they surprised that that this community and this area is so fluent in in things that they can recognize from Germany? Was it a was it yeah. or was it something people already kind of knew about? They were very surprised because yeah. as Germans, we know, of course, um, our um, well. A lot of Germans emigrated uh, in the last 300 years. They sure. left um, for Russia, Hungary, Poland, the Ukraine, even Kazakhstan, uh, mm. Brazil. And so we know of all those um, communities, of course. But uh, when we think of America and, and uh, dialect speakers, we only think of Amish and Mennonites. Right. And not that somebody who looks like we, um, look and who's dressed like we are dressed uh, and speaks the same dialect. This is something very special. Yeah, it, that's very, very cool. And speaking yeah. of um, speaking of yourself and Doug, um, we all three collaborated as well for Penny Olive, um, which I wanted to also give you a humongous thank you, a debt of gratitude, <laughs> because really that was your seed that you planted for me um, you were my muse for sure. Uh, um, you approached you approached me and said, "There's this character. Oh gosh, what was her name from the Alsace? What was her name? She's so dear." Um, from the yeah, the little girl from the Alsace. And you said we should have something like this for Pennsylvania Dutch. Ah, Elsa. Yes, Elsa. And she's so lovely. Yeah. And yeah. at the time that you said that to me, I was doing my MFA yeah. studies and it just all fell together very serendipitously. 
and you actually came up with the name Penny, which is yeah. very, very smart <laughs> for Pennsylvania. And then, of course, Olive after my maternal grandmother, who was the Deitchius of the Deitch. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the way I usually work. I, I try to plant seeds. <laughs> well, you're and, very good at it. You're very good at it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, and see whether it grows or not. Um, no. Um, you you have done or you are doing a wonderful job, and I have to oh, uh, I have to tell you a little bit about this. When we, when we travel to Pennsylvania, for us it's like traveling into a museum, because when the Palatines left 300 years ago, they um, took along a lot of cultural patterns, the language, um, the recipes, uh, cooking, uh, what a whole bunch of things, and you kept it because, like always, um, if, if a community migrates, they keep the old customs more than the people in the mainland. Mm. We have had uh, two, two wars. We have seen yes. um, the industry coming into our small country. We have 80, 82 million people in just a small spot of land. Germany is very small, but 82 mm -hmm. million people living there. A lot of migration, people from outside coming. Uh, so everything changes. Uh, but you kept those traditions. And if we want to understand who we are, we have to travel to Pennsylvania and look wow. from there back to our country and look what you still have. And you help us to understand ourselves. So, and um, when I saw those hex signs um, on, the, on the bonds, I, I went back and I was looking for those signs in Germany and I've never seen them, but then I was able to find them because I, I, I knew what I was looking for and yeah. we still have those small, small signs, uh, maybe just four or five inches um, in the half timber structures um, of our houses, which were built in the 18th century. And when I, I had found that, I was by chance um, walking through a museum in Mainz, uh, that's the capital of our state of Rheinland-Pfalz. It was a Roman section, and I found those signs on Roman tombstones. Wow. Yeah? Yeah. The, the, the signs you, you are um, designing and, and painting, you find them on old Roman tombstones um, 2,000 years old. And that means they are much older. And my, my impression, your husband probably knows that better than I do, my impression is that um, this must be thousands of years old, this, this kind of painting. And you find those patterns in India. And if, yes. you find something, and if you find something in India and in Germany, probably the, um, the roots is, um, the source is in the middle, in the Ukraine where the, the Indo-European uh, mm -hmm. tribes once settled, probably. And this means that these patterns that you design are probably 8,000, 9,000 years old. And, yeah, the, that's, and, and, this, and this is so amazing. Yes, it is, indeed. Yeah. yeah, I think, and I think you're speaking of um, the rosette, we call it here, right? Right. Um, which Correct. comes from the flower of life, which you see in many cultures, which is why, unfortunately, people have this idea that hex signs are only Pennsylvania, but it's really not. And it's incredible that you bring that up. And actually, this is the back of Hunter's book. And I think this is yeah. the one, 
um, that maybe you shared with him, I think from Germany. Um, so yeah, that's something that's very interesting to us and, and it holds a lot more power when it's thousands and thousands of years old, right? <laughs> um, that's absolutely, and Ben and I actually agree on this, that's our favorite motif of all of the mm -hmm. motifs. I feel like it mm -hmm. has so much power in it. Um, but yeah, I love that idea. All of the things that you just, that you just encapsulated into that, um, that, that, that about coming back and it's like a museum that's so interesting because the dis diaspora actually was able to hold on to the traditions. And that's, that's a fascinating, a fascinating fork in the road for me because I always wondered with how frugal and logical our people were, why did they hold on to decorative arts and and taking the time to paint hex signs or taking the time to decorate. And it's always really interesting to me because I, I always wonder that, and that's maybe um, to make themselves feel more at home, to bring Germany into their homes in this new land that was very difficult to live in. Perhaps I, that was part of it. I agree, I definitely yeah. agree. And you have a, a complete system of thinking that we don't have anymore here in, in Germany. Um, I think when the when the Palatines came to the, the Pennsylvania and uh, they there were in their mind there were two different uh, dimensions. There was mm -hmm. a, um, a dimension of things you can see, and there is another dimension of things you cannot see, but they are that are there nevertheless. Demons or whatever, yeah, yes, hexes, yes. Uh, angels, whatever, and I think um, that. They use those um, kind of the rights, uh, um, those patterns, cultural patterns, to get into contact with the with the, with the other dimension. And there is another thing that um, uh, people thought that if they do something now, it it makes a difference in the future. So if you if you pray, uh, you pray for something that happens in the future or not happens in the future, maybe. And if you pray probably you try to reach somebody in another dimension. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, this is the whole system that you have. Um, and the majority of your people, I guess, are still thinking that, that way. You, I very much, very often get um, prayer requests wow. um, for people that are sick, have, have cancer or something like that. And for a European, uh, this is very strange because you know in Europe science rules nobody yeah. no, nobody nobody would do a, a prayer request and uh, what is the main issue actually in um, in Europe it's not well of course it's COVID nineteen actually sure but, yeah but but besides it's climate change mm -hmm. everything is about that's the main issue everything's in whole Europe everything's about climate change. We just had uh, a big meeting yesterday in Brussels, our European capital, and they agreed to reduce um, the, the carbon footprint um, 55 percent. Wow! Within the next ten years. That's awesome. Yeah, and this is something that a lot of plans are being made um, yeah. to reach this goal. And uh, so everybody is looking into the future and using science. And mm -hmm. um, when, I, when I look to the US, we have different topics. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Actually, the, the Supreme Court is involved in a couple of things. It's it's a wild ride, let me tell you. Let me tell you, it's a wild ride, especially when you're someone um, with um, like a conscience or empathy. It's very difficult right now to be in America, to watch um, brothers and sisters pretending like this doesn't exist and not caring about the effects of their actions. It's very, very disheartening, very disheartening. You know, there's one thing that I don't understand. So after the war, the Americans, the Americans brought us um, democracy. Yes. And, and, and again, and a new system. And a part of this new system was that we should have um, different parties which should try to get votes and, uh, and seats in parliament. So, mm -hmm. and they, they, the Americans brought us a system Mm -hmm. that allowed parties to be in parliament if they get 5% of the vote of the votes and so we have communists social democrats we have liberals we have greens we have right wing parties we have the conservatives so we have six or seven different parties and if um, and if they want to create um, a government usually they have to build a coalition of several parties this system was brought by the Americans. And my question to you is, why don't you have that? If you, would have, more, if you would have more than two, just two uh, parties, yes. there wouldn't be so much struggle. It is so struggle frustrating. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is so frustrating because the candidate that I supported was not even allowed to debate. It's so sad. It's it's very frustrating system. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we were left with two options that, in my opinion, I wasn't too fond of either of the options. Well, I, I don't want to get, to get too, too, too deep no, into No, 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 but that's here. very but, interesting. But, 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 but this nice? is a question, yeah, this is a question that I really have, yeah, because why did the Americans bring us this system while they don't use it on their own? I would love yeah. to know that, because that would make me so happy. <laughs> it would be so nice to see um, many of us represented in our politics, mm -hmm. and we just don't, and it's very sad. It's very sad, and a lot's driven by belief and, and religion here, despite the fact that a lot of Americans are non-religious or non-practicing, a lot is driven by that, and that's very, very upsetting and unsettling for someone mm -hmm. as well who's empathetic and who also sees that science is very important. So it's just, yeah. it's mind-boggling, honestly. It's mind-boggling. But, it, and but it, is, it is so interesting to, to compare the two systems. This that is, is very, that, very interesting. Really so, but like, do, you feel like it's, do you feel like it's working, though, in Germany? Like, you feel like happy with the way the system is because that sounds like a dream actually to have all those different uh, I mean, sides represented the question well the question to everything in germany is because of the war yeah because um we lost so many people and we had so many refugees coming back from from eastern parts of europe that used to be mm -hmm. german before um and we had to integrate them and yeah. um you know that or maybe 60-70% of the cities were destroyed mm -hmm. for, good re for good reason, of course, um, and we had to rebuild everything. So there was no social security. What did they wow. say? There has, there has to be social security for everybody from mm -hmm. the very start. So everybody has 
health insurance three years after the war. Um, then education. Nobody had money. Yeah? People were living in the streets and they said, okay, let's make education free. And until today, um, we don't pay anything for, um, for college or universities. Wow. Just, just at, well, I have two daughters studying actually, and uh, the fee that I pay for the two of them is less than $400 a year. Wow. That, yeah, because, because, because of the war. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. And that means that, that everybody can study. Even somebody who just moved to Germany um, and has no money. Um, if he has his high school diploma, he has the right to, to study. And that's the way we think it works. And you have, and the debate in, in America is always, it's, Capitalism or communism? Yes. Yeah? Yes. There's no in, there's no in between. It's so frustrating. But, but 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 Germany, we have something in between. I mean, yes. Uh, we have a capitalistic system with yes. free education, with good health insurance. Um, but whenever I try to explain that to somebody in the U.S., I don't know. Um, they they think it's it's a communistic system. I don't know. And I can tell you, we are it's not very strange. It's very strange. It's very strange. And it's, it's disheartening because I've been on both sides of that, you know, and had mm -hmm. some times in my life where I was struggling. And it's very, very frustrating. And you definitely mm -hmm. see a divide in the, the kind of care you receive when you are um, a person on Medicaid or um, when I was a young single mother with my first child on food stamps or WIC. Um, there's definitely a divide in the way there, it's like a class system here. It's so sad and, and, you know, it's disheartening, but hopefully there's enough momentum that there will be some changes coming, hopefully so. But uh, the most important thing is to, to stay in contact. And I like to stay in contact yes. with all my friends in, in the US and to, to debate, to discuss those differences. And it's so wonderful to be able to do that in the own Muttersprache, in the dialect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it gives you, it brings you close together and you can even accept differences better if you speak the, the same language. And if you know by speaking the same language that you share the same heritage. Yes. It makes, it makes things yeah. easier. Do you know what also about you too that's, that's a wonderful point is that I've always said when my husband and I will talk about it, um, that you're so open-minded and it's okay if you have a difference of opinion and you're you're still able to be. A lot of times, it's so sad here in America, like even in college, you're not allowed to show an opposing view. It's really, talk about, it's more, much more communistic here. You're not allowed to have free thought or ideas or have a discussion or immediately you're canceled. It's very disheartening again, like it's very sad, but I like that um, there are some areas where certainly we can disagree, but also still sit at the same table and be friends, of course, you know? So I think that's very admirable. And it's nice to hear that that you're able to do that with other folks in the dialect. I know I yeah. was just talking about Patrick yesterday with a friend and saying how like, it's kind of like a brother sister relationship because we can go back and forth often about things, yeah, but we yeah. still come back, <laughs> you know, we still come back to the same table. There's no hard feelings, you know, it's just, mm -hmm part of being a grown up and being mm -hmm. mature and, you know, caring for how someone else is feeling. It's all mm -hmm. like, again, it comes back to empathy, right? Because 
without empathy, there's no understanding or, or acceptance or tolerance. So you're, that's fascinating. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah. But it is interesting to watch. I remember after, in 2016, after Trump was elected, one of my German friends, Patrick, who I think you know, I think you two are connected. I'm not sure if you know in real life, but um, I can't think of his last name right now, but Patrick's the writer and the poet. Um, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. But he, he just messaged me and he's like, are you okay? Like, how are you feeling about this? And I was just, you know, as an American, we've seen so many ups and downs that it's sort of like another punch just, you know, that you take. But this has been a very different time of time in my life, certainly, and time in history that I think none of us will foresee <laughs> forgetting for a very long time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, it didn't occur to me that people would be coming. It's Patrick Feltz. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, and I forget what area he's in, but um, he actually reached out to me and uh, he knows a lot about the mermaids. There's a lot of mermaids in Germany on um, churches. Yeah, of course. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I, I need to come and visit. I know that we're so much fun. You Eventually, <laughs> once I'll tell you what, my takeaway from this COVID thing has been, you know, seize the day you know take the opportunities while you have them because yeah. waiting and waiting and waiting then your opportunity is gone so i am definitely it's on my list um i want to go yeah, to well, let's talk about you a little bit because oh uh, sure <laughs> the the reason why i i, I kind of say i cherish your art so much uh, i like it so much appreciate it so much because you you use the old patterns but you you have found your own style and i think it's uh it's a it's, it's a style that fits into the 21st century, and, yeah. and, never, and, but, and nevertheless, it's um, you can see the the power of 300 years. Yeah, uh, it's not that you just take something and I don't know copy something. So no, it, the, the whole heritage, the whole system is still there, um, but you you produce your art in a in a very unique way way, and um, and you have. Um, open my eyes uh, um, very often with uh, the patterns and uh, the motifs that, that that you use. The mermaids, for example, yeah, I've read a lot of, about the mermaids, um, um, and um, yeah, well, you, you know that I'm, I've written a book, and this this will be published next year, and, and it's called Hebe yes. Hebe in High German der Pennsylvania Reiseverführer. Well, it's a kind of trip advisor. For, for Palatines. Um, and the approach is to, to tell my fellow Palatines why it is important to visit uh, Pennsylvania and where, should, where should they should go to find the, the interesting things. But it's not a real, it's not a real trip advisor uh, like you would expect a, a trip advisor to be. It's, it's uh, 52 chapters of um, cultural topics and uh, sightseeing topics and different kinds of things. Um, but I, I really hope that this will um, encourage more uh, Palatines to, to come to the Kusan Fokfest, for, for yeah. example. Because yeah. this, is, this is the place I like best, because Kusan is a liberal city, and this is a wonderful, yeah. this is a wonderful festival, festival, and there's nothing but music and uh, getting to know people. Yeah, this is, and there's art around, and this is the place where I would like to be every other year. Yeah. And it was so much fun to 
to be there with, with the band. Um, yes, years. that was incredible. Last year, yeah. Yes. Was that <laughs> this was quite no, an experience. That, that was two years ago, right? No, in 2019. 2019. Oh, 2019. It's all a blur yeah. now, right? <laughs> that yeah. was incredible. Yeah, can you tell us? And thank you so much for your kind words. I will say that I always tell people that, um, you know, it's, it's my hand doing the work, but the ancestors are working through me. I really do mm -hmm. feel that way. It's, it's kind of a spiritual practice for me. And it took me a while to find that, to find my, um, to find my rhythm like that. But I do feel like it's almost like worship for me to make mm -hmm. this art. It means, it means so much to me to hear those things. So thank you so much. Um, but do tell us more about your band. Um, that was a very cool experience to see you performing with the band and then um, also getting to know them and getting to know some more of your friends that you brought over here last time. <laughs> they were just so wonderful. And, and I have to apologize. I hope you told them. I'm a hugger. I don't know if that's a very, a very, um, a thing that happens often in Germany, but we're, we're, I'm just a super big hugger. So I was hugging all You're, of your friends. You have hard times actually in the COVID-19. <laughs> yes, it has been really hard for me, this hugger yeah. here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell yeah, me first, how that <laughs> yeah, well, first, first of all, it all it all, start, it all started when uh, we had John John Schmidt uh, visiting here in, in, in Germany. This was ten years ago. John Schmidt is a friend of mine from Ohio. Okay. He's, he's probably the the most famous um, Pennsylvania German country singer. He he's the Pennsylvania German Johnny Cash. Oh, nice. Yeah. And and he worked together um, with Amish when he was young. And uh, he told the story that how he learned the dialect. He was working uh, with Amish on a roof, I guess. And um, he said, well, um, and, I, and, I, and I fell down the roof. But when I woke up again, I was able to speak Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think the, tr the truth is uh, probably that he, he learned the language while working with the, with the Amish and Mennonites. And, um, and now he's uh, singing uh, English songs and Pennsylvania Dutch songs, um, and he's, he's a wonderful character. And um, so he, he visited us. He, we had events here and tour. And I said to myself, well, I was um, playing music when I was young, and I um, had stopped that because of the family. I have three daughters on my own, you know, and I have to do that again. And then I talked um, a couple of friends into that project, and they said, what? You want, want to sing in Pennsylvania Dutch? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and and the approach was to to let people here in the Palatinate know how the how the dialect sounds and what the topics are and what kind of uh, songs you are still singing. And this is here. It is very um, successful. Mm -hmm. People like that very much. It's mostly a combination of. A PowerPoint presentation and music, and I tell about the culture and um, the language and the history. And then we got the chance to to come to the folk fest due to um, an event. It was called German American Year, uh, something yeah. that that Rex Tillerson and our Secretary of State Sigmar Gabriel had organized right after Trump um, won had won the war. Uh, the, wow. the, the, um, the election yeah and uh, there was money and we applied and we got uh, a ticket to to Kutztown. that's um, amazing 
and this was really amazing. And you know, we we played there for a week, and uh, we also heard our first concert. That was that was mess because um, which we just had come over from Germany. We were tired, and there was yeah. no soundtrack. There was no. <laughs> and we, we thought about ourselves. We said, how can we do that the next the next yeah. week? How shall how and we had another rehearsal the next morning and then I think it worked very well. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. It was really fun to watch. It was very, very cool. And the music was really enjoyable as well. So uh, we, we, I have the, the, the plan to come back to the Kunstam Folkfest, of course, and I hope that they will give me um, some slots on, on stage. I know yeah. that uh, director changes yeah, I'm so bummed about that. And I and I actually wanted to interview him, Steve Sheridan, for this yeah. book that I'm working on, um, because he has had so much involvement in the folk fest as a young person as well. And yeah, um, it's kind of suddenly and we don't we haven't had any updates about who it's going to be. Um, we're just really hopeful that it'll continue to happen because it is a very cherished event. And, um, you know, we feel just like you that it's, it's a wonderful, it's like a homecoming and the best right. party ever. So if you haven't, friends, if you are listening and you haven't been to the Kutztown Folk Fest, um, both of us from both of our varying places that we're from are highly suggesting that you go because it's such a fun time and an incredible experience. And, and you get all your senses met. You get incredible food. You get incredible song. You get incredible art and um, a great experience all over the place. It's really fun. And you get everything from very traditional folk crafts and art and, and all the way to the kitschy stuff that is also beloved. So I agree. I hope that it works out and that um, we we have thoughts that maybe Patrick will take it because I think that would be a nice transition for him, but I haven't asked him and we really haven't had any discussion about it, but I'm, I'm really hoping that somebody gets it that'll be kind and caring. I think Steve Sheraton did a really good job um, bringing more of the educational aspects and, and you know, trying to tamper some of the kitschy stuff um, or the miseducation stuff, like including the Schweinfelder was a really nice move um, and just some more of the educational opportunities. So I hope to see that continue because that's very important for us as well, because a lot of people come there and they don't have any, any prior knowledge or history of what it's all about. And we get people from all over the place. It's really incredible experience. That was really cool. And especially the year that the filmmakers were there was very neat to watch them interacting as well. And um, the film is just, it's really a joy. If you haven't seen it yet, please take an opportunity to watch it. I'm sure it's available to stream. I'm not positive where, but I can link yeah, it on the show. They have, they, yeah. You can get it on, on, uh, on Amazon oh, and cool. on, I think on Netflix or Amazon Prime. You can get oh, that. Awesome. So yeah, I'll make sure to yeah. link that. If you haven't seen it, take the time to watch it. It's incredible. And it's, there's so much joy in the film. It's really yeah. a neat experience. And I, can, and the, and I, and I can tell you, uh, there are plans to um, do another one. Oh, that's so exciting to hear. It was so much fun. And, and even, uh, down, even down to the, uh, the animations were so well done. I mean, the whole thing was very, very polished and yeah. beautiful. And the, the filmmakers and the crew were wonderful people. So much fun. I loved getting to know them too. I mean, really, it felt, it felt like that, that kinship like we talked about about how there's like this um inherent familiarity mm -hmm. between the pennsylvania dutch and the people from that area um i think actually some of my family's from frankenthal they yeah. say that right so, i think that's possible 
first part brought a Pennsylvania drone to the Palatinate, and then mm -hmm. a second part will probably bring a Palatine to Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so it's the other, the other way around. Love it. And um, I think it will, it will be, um, it, it's, it will be a fun project, and but it will take some time, of course. We have this sure, sure. I don't know when they will have the chance to to start um, the project. Speaking of um, the animations, so these were done by Achim Schabo, a Palatine uh, here in, in Germany, and uh, so he he did the illustrations for my book too. I so, saw, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love and, the illustrations. Um, yeah. I, hesitate, I hesitate to print it actually because it doesn't make sense to to publish a trip trip advisor in, in a time when you can't travel. <laughs> so, it's so sad, I know. <laughs> Honestly. So I probably have to wait a, a couple of months. Well, if you do go ahead and publish it, it would still be neat to you could look a lot of stuff up online and interact in that way and kind of get your bearings before you come and visit. You can kind of get the knowledge of where things are and what to expect. But it's but it's hard or nearly impossible to do some promotion because uh, I know the promotion is to, um, to, to have concerts and, and readings of the book here um, and let people know about uh, Pennsylvania and the book and it's part of the, yes. the marketing, of course. If, if I cannot do any concerts, doesn't make sense to have yeah, the book published yeah. um, because most yeah. of the books will sell um, on the occasion of uh, live events, probably. Mm -hmm. I guess. So I have yeah. to wait. Yeah, a little bit. Hopefully, not too long because I feel like it's been a year now. It's ready. It's ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's really starting to get to me. Yeah. <laughs> tough blow to not have the the folk fest but of course we supported the fact that it was for everyone's safety but it was very difficult and it makes you just like appreciate it so much more you know so yeah so, so usually we... uh, go ahead usually i would have come next year but uh, that's what i was wondering I guess, yeah i guess i guess i would have to wait until 22 probably oh goodness well we'll be <laughs> yeah we'll be looking forward to it it'll go fast right when will we be vaccinated? I, we don't know yet. They're huh? saying here, they're saying uh, probably spring, summer, actually, the general public. So they're starting yeah. with our essential workers and then um, high risk yeah. people, but, but general long, public. How, how long will it take to vaccinate 320 million people if they like exactly. to be vaccinated? I don't know how many will get this shot. Exactly. Um, really, we guess uh, we are 82 million people. And we expect about 60 million people to be vaccinated. Yeah, and yeah. We hope to do that before next winter, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really, the biggest concern for me is not this particular instance, but is this going to be a reoccurring trend with viruses like this? So that's very concerning. Um, the, funny thing is, the funny thing is that first they have this um, um, this um, vaccination that was done by Pfizer and yeah. BioNTech. And the, I don't know what you know about BioNTech, but BioNTech is uh, the partner company of Pfizer in this project. Mm -hmm. uh, and this company is located in Mainz. And when I drive my bicycle 
in the morning oh, wow. to my office, um, I, I pass the headquarters of Biotech. So this, so they and they did that um, uh, this medicine that everybody's that's talking very about. Very cool. Yeah. Very wow, cool. that's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, very good. Well, listen, before we before we wrap up, this has been so wonderful spending this time with you and it's nice to see you and thank you so much for taking this time. I did want to ask you um, as a parent and well, two things that I wanted to ask you, do you have any ancestors that did come to America? Could you have relatives here in America in Pennsylvania? I definitely have um, relatives in, in America, but not in Pennsylvania. Gotcha. So, um, in my case, a uh, great-grand-uncle emigrated together with my grandfather and another brother in the, the 18, 18, 1890s. I, I think okay. they in New York uh, via Ellis Island, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, their father died in Germany, and their mother asked the boys, I think it was a carpenter, a butcher, and, um, well, um, I don't know. They asked a farmer, and, and she asked them to come back. And two came back, and one stayed. And he gotcha. ran a, a hotel in White Plains, New York, for oh, wow. uh, three or four generations. Um, and uh, but we have no contact, um, unfortunately. Um, in the family of my wife. And, and, um, and a great, 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 great uncle immigrated from the Western Palatinate to Ohio to the small village of Knatenhütten, which you pronounce Chinatenhütten. <laughs> and this is originally a Pennsylvania Dutch speaking area in Ohio. Oh, wow. Wow. Very, very interesting. But this ancestor immigrated in 1853. And I was able to. Um, to visit the area when I visited John Schmidt in Ohio, and uh, he helped me to to get into contact with relatives of my wife. So I have met a lot of relatives that she has never met. <laughs> and that we, is so neat. And we were also able to to visit um, the original farm together that this um, well this ancestor built in Ohio. This was very interesting for me. Yeah, that's very cool. But unfortunately, no, no Pennsylvania Dutch relative so far. Well, you're a, you're an honorary Pennsylvania Dutch person. You know that you're <laughs> a Dutcher so through and through. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. You've really been, um, <clears throat> excuse me, very instrumental in um, making connections for people. I mean, this publication has been so incredible to be shared and it's sort of like um, a thread that runs through all of us and keeps us connected. So thank you so much for the work you've done and you continue to do. And we You're are welcome. so great, we're so grateful and thanks to technology, we can be in touch and interact often. And it's been such a gift and such a blessing. And as I told you, I've received a lot of support and and, um, and kindness and charity and charitable, um, uh, uh, of your time, giving of your time from you. So I'm very appreciative. And this was very important for me to have this interview, especially for my book, um, because it's been such a connector for me to connect to my German ancestry. So I thank you very much for that gift. Um, for a long thank time, yeah, absolutely. For a long time, unfortunately, I felt very disconnected because of our past and the wars and 
um, the, the place that I was raised, um, it was not looked upon very kindly to be German. So I really appreciate being able to see the beautiful side of our, of our heritage and our, and our culture and uh, knowing that means very, very much to me in my personal journey. So I'm very grateful for you. And, you and the work you've done. Absolutely. So to end, I'd like to just ask you one last question um, about being a parent. So you, you mentioned you have three daughters. I got to meet one of your daughters and she's just lovely. Um, which daughter did I meet? You'll have to remind me. Her what is her name? name? It's Eva. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eva, that's right. Yeah. So she came to the, she came to the folk fest and mm -hmm. um, you guys came up to the booth and your wife was there as well. And that was a very special moment. I think that might have been the first time I met you in person, I believe. I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was a really was exciting. 2017, I guess. Yeah, that was a really yeah. exciting mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, that was really cool. But um, and, and, and she still has your um, the Belschnickel doll. Does she? And, that, oh, good. and that's that's the the first thing she gets out of the the, the Christmas <laughs> box every every year. <laughs> That makes me so happy. I always say we need Belschnickel on the shelf, not Elf on the shelf. Here in America, I don't know if the Germans do it, but in America, we do this stupid Elf on the shelf, and it's really stupid. And I'm like, no, 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 Belschnickel, Belschnickel. That's so good to hear. Oh, I love it. That was a really nice moment. Um, very exciting for me to have met you at that time. Um, after Penny Olive had been out, and you know, we had already gone through all these really cool um, interactions together, but. Oh my gosh, sorry, my daughter texted me something silly. So as a parent, I'm just wondering um, your opinion of continuing these traditions and passing them along to your to your children and how that, how, how do they, I, I actually want to interview my children to ask them what they think about the whole Pennsylvania Dutch thing. It's really interesting to me or their German heritage. My son's surprisingly enough at six obsessed with Germany and wants to go and move there and drink beer, he says, and eat pretzels all day. That's what he thinks it is. But um, how do you feel not only in the larger um, community, but also for you, for yourself as a parent? How, how do you feel that um, these traditions are carried on in your house, for example? Like you said, a lot of the Pennsylvania Dutch held on to a lot of these traditions. Do you carry on those traditions in your household um, for your own family? Um, I have to say, well, we do and we don't. Because, um, as I told you, we don't have them anymore. Right. That's the problem. And I reintroduced yeah. them uh, in our household from Pennsylvania. But this, sure. is, this is nothing that we still have. We don't know anything about the Belschnickel. We know little about the Elbertrich. Um, so we, don't, we know nothing about the hex signs. So there's nothing to, um, to, to, hand, to hand to them to the next generation. Right, so, right. Uh, Germans, Germans are used to look into to the future, not to the past, for good right. reasons. So, yes. and and most and most Germans are. The, as I told you, the, the big issue is um, how can we make the European Union work in a way that the US works, for example, because um, as you know, the uh, the European Union consists of twenty eight states independent states mm -hmm. and nevertheless they try to work together we have a, a european government um, and we we have to find a way uh, to, to to work as one to be to be able to compete with um china on one side and yeah. you guys 
on the other side, it doesn't make any sense. Germany is like Pennsylvania, but mm -hmm. more or less in, in, in my eyes. And so right. the, and the big issues in my family um, are, as, we, as I told you, the European Union, mm -hmm. um, multi multilingualism. My children know uh, three languages. Um, wow. They have to, of course. Yeah. If, sure, if sure. People, if, pe if people in New Jersey would speak another language, you would learn it probably. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether you would understand the New Jersey people then, but yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time as it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I grew up next to New Jersey. I'm allowed to say I, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I, as I told you, I have three daughters. The, yeah. the, the oldest one lives vegan. The second oh, one, <laughs> yeah. The second one is vegetarian. There you go. And, and Eva, the third one, um, they, she likes and loves meat. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't share any traditions with them. I have, um, it's, it's hard work to get something on the table every, yes. every day. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. Mine are picky eaters. I feel you. Yeah. yeah right. So yes. that's my problem. That's so <laughs> but, funny. But oh my goodness. But coming back, coming back to the dialect, they, they understand the Palatine dialect because mm -hmm. I speak it to mm -hmm. everybody. They, they understand Pennsylvania Dutch, which is similar, but not the same. Um, and um, they understand everything, but they don't speak a word. Yeah. They refuse to speak it. <laughs> but they, they, they would be able to do that. Yeah. Well, give it time, you know, 20 years from now, they'll probably be so <clears throat> enthralled by all of the amazing things that you did and want to eat yeah. it all up, you know? Yeah, it's really, it's really impressive. I and uh, I mean, I, it's don't know, like it. I don't know whether they appreciate what I do, but I get a shoe fly pie every birthday, at least. Oh, that. nice. That's so exciting. <laughs> That's all you need in life, right? Hey, listen, right. I learned how to make a vegan shoe fly pie. I'll have to send you the recipe oh. for your eldest. <laughs> we all must evolve, right? We all must evolve, but hold on to some of those traditions. And you know, it's interesting to me. My children think I'm absolutely crazy and think all of this is very, very silly. But at the end of the day, I know that they have an affection for it, though they won't mm -hmm. admit it. And even just seeing your Snickle in the background, I'm sure they're picking up on some of these wonderful things that you're doing. And um, certainly one day when they when they start their own family, we'll certainly probably want to infuse their infuse their uh, traditions with this as well. And I've found that, yeah, with our generation, I found that with like Doug and Patrick and stuff that um, it was all infused in our upbringing. It wasn't very overt always, although for Doug it was. But it wasn't always very overt. It was infused, but we carried these things on and they made us feel like nostalgia and like we were at home. So I am so thankful for your time. Thank you for joining us. And I will make sure to link all of your many things that you're doing in the show notes and best of wishes to you and your family for the holidays. And Halaka Grishtag. Yeah. Grishtag. I can't get it right. <laughs> and a good night, yeah. Yeah, and a good night, yeah. So, gross thank, thank you for your time and many, many well wishes and stay safe and stay healthy. And we can't wait to see you in 2022. Gross thank, and I'll see you again.
Ja, bye, bye. Mach's gut. Bye. Mach's gut. Thank you.